We spend our time and energy concerned about what's coming up in our future. Today, our focus is on the fear of the future. This message is the eighth in the series, Fear Less. The message is entitled, Less Fear of the Future, Part One. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets as we get ready to dive into God's Word. This weekend, we're involved in this series of messages entitled Fear Less. And uh, this is number eight, uh, the eighth message in the series. And next weekend, uh, we will conclude the series with the ninth message in the series. And this weekend and next weekend, I'm talking about less fear of the future. Less fear of the future. This perhaps is one of the strongest fears that many people have. It's one that's expressed by a lot of folks who did a little survey back, I think it was in either November or December, about the kind of fears that people face. This was certainly one of the ones that came to my attention, the fear of the future. And the reason that the fear of the future is so strong is because it's unknown. We don't know what's ahead. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Not only is it unknown, but it's also uncontrollable. You can't control it. Obviously, if you don't know what it is, you can't control what's going to happen. And, and even though you might take good steps today in a preventative aspect of how you live your life and a wise way of living your life, you still can't control what's going to happen in your tomorrows. And a lot of people spend a lot of time and negative energy really worrying about the future. That's kind of what anxiety is. Anxiety is really projecting something in the future and then worrying yourself, oftentimes sick over it. You just get really so frustrated and so agitated and so stirred up on the inside that you can't find rest or peace because you're trying to handle something that hasn't even come your way yet. And all of us face these times. It can be, for example, going to the doctor and having a medical test and you're waiting for the results and you're anticipating in the future what those results might be. And have you noticed how your mind can play lots of tricks on you in those situations? I mean, every disease in the book, you start thinking, that's me. Or maybe you're looking at your future and your job and you're thinking, well, when, when will be the next layoff or will I have a job next year or whatever it might be that is you're projecting into the future the things that could perhaps cause anxiety for you. I want to talk about how do you handle these fears? How do you have less fear of what's coming your way in the future when it is unknown and when it is uncontrollable? And there are three things I want to share with you this morning uh, in our message together that will help us, I think, to get a handle on this, to actually do a better job at uh, dealing with fears of the future. And there are three things that you need to remember. And so if you're taking notes, and I would encourage you to do so, the first thing I want to talk about for a few moments is you and I have to remember, we have to know that what's unknown to me is always known to God. What is unknown to me is always known to who? To God. And the first step in dealing with fear of the future is to know that God sees the future. What we don't know God, and can't know, God already knows, and nothing ever surprises God. I want to take you to Scripture and help you to see this from the, from the Word of God. Notice Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give and account or give account. The Bible says that with God, nothing is hidden from Him. Everything is uncovered. Everything is laid bare. That includes your future. 
Psalm 139, verse 16, the psalmist gets very personal about this ability God has to see into our future. Your eyes saw my unformed body. He's talking about when he was in his mother's womb. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that beautiful that God said, even when you're conceived and in your mother's womb, that's, by the way, why life is so precious and life is so important, that life is a gift of God. And I believe that life begins at conception, that God ordains and establishes a life. And with that life, there's a plan. God has a plan for every conceived life. Think about that for a moment. Every conceived life has a plan of God. Now, does that mean that God, that every person obeys God and follows every plan? No. People can walk away from the plan of God, but God has a plan for your future. He sees next year and five years from now and ten years from now and, Lord willing, twenty years from now, He already has a plan. Your, your goal and my goal is to find the plan of God, to step into it, to synchronize ourselves with it so we're walking in God's will and in His, in his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us about this plan. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You circle that phrase, I know. Who knows? God knows. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God says, there's something that I know for sure. I know the plans that I have for you. Now, when you say that you know something, it means that you know something. If you know something, you, you know it. That's what this word is all about, knowing. For example, 2 plus 2 equals, are you sure? How are you sure that 2 plus 2 equals 4? Because you know it. How do you know it? Because you've learned it. There's a reality. You don't get up every morning and say, you know what? I wonder what 2 plus 2 is all about. I need to Google that today. No. No. You know every morning when you wake up that 2 plus 2 equals 4. There's certain things that you know. And so the Bible says that God knows something about your life. He knows the plans that He has for you. And those plans are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Would you say with me this morning, God has a future for me. Say it together. God has a future for me. Come on, say it like you mean it. God has a future for for me, and he knows what it is, right? How does God know our future? How does this work? God knows our future. How do, you know, God knows the future of every human being. He has a plan for every person that's ever conceived, created. How does this happen? It happens because God has a characteristic. I want to use a theological term just for a moment that you need to be familiar with. And the, and the theological term is transcendence. God is the transcendent God. What that means is this, God is not constrained by the past, the present, or the future as we are. That means that when you and I arrive in our tomorrows, God has already been there. That's the transcendent God, that He transcends time and space. He is not limited like we are as finite creations. He is the infinite God, the transcendent God, and God has already gone before you into your future. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, Do not be, what's the word? What are we talking about in this series? Fear. And the scripture says, Do not be afraid or discouraged. For, why? For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. Anybody want to stop just for about a two-second praise break right there, okay? All right? Aren't you thankful for that today? Okay? 
for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I think we need about five seconds at least of praise right there. Don't you think so? Fantastic. God is with you in your present. Yes, we know he's here, but he is also already with you in your future. And what is unknown to you is already known to God. The second thing that you need to remember if you're going to have less fear of the future is to know that what may be hard or impossible for me is easy for and possible with God. Whatever may be hard for me or impossible to me, it's easy for and it's also possible with God. Let me tell you why this is important. Because even though you say, well, God knows what's in my future, there's another question that comes up and, okay, well, whatever comes my way, will I be able to handle it? Will I have the strength? Will I have the capacity to handle whatever comes my way? Will I be able to deal with it? Uh, it feels very intimidating still to look out into what is unknown and uncontrollable and have the confidence that you're going to actually be able to handle it. And I want to give you some good news today as a believer in Jesus Christ. When you ca came into faith in Christ, you invited Jesus into your life, Jesus brought you into relationship with God the Father. There is one way to God. There are not many ways to God. There are not many religions to God. There's one person that will lead you into relationship with God, and his name is Jesus. Jesus very clearly said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So there are not many roads that lead to God. There's one pathway, one way that leads to God, and that pathway has a name, and say his name with me. His name is is Jesus. And so when you and I put our faith in Jesus, he brings us into relationship with God and he is the transcendent God as we talked about a moment ago, but he's also the almighty God. He's the transcendent God, but he's also the almighty God. He has absolute unlimited power. And what does this mean for us in a practical way? It means several things to us. I've given you four there on your notes. First of all, it means that with God, nothing is too hard. That when you step into your future, no matter how hard it might be, with God, nothing is too hard. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? And of course, the answer to that question is absolutely not. Nothing is too hard for God. So as you go into your future, remember this. Will there be some difficult days in your future? Will there? Absolutely. Will there be some days that you wish would not happen? Yes. As Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some tribu tribulation. But he also said, be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. So as you step into your future, there will be challenging moments and hard times that you will face. But remember this, nothing is too hard for God and he is with you. The second thing to remember as a part of this uh, idea of the almighty nature of God is that with God, nothing is impossible. Now we say that from time to time, but I really want to drive that home with you today. That nothing is impossible with God. Say it with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Now let's say it again with some real faith inside. Nothing is impossible with God. Luke 1 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Matthew 17 20. 
he? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus said, if you have just some faith inside, not a lot of faith, but you have just a little bit of faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can walk through life knowing that nothing will be impossible with whatever you face. Now, you might say, well, I don't really have a lot of faith. That's okay. You've got enough. I'm going to show you that you have enough faith. You have faith inside of you. The reason I know that you have faith inside of you is because, first of all, God has promised to give each person a measure of faith. And so there's already something inside of you that's given by God on the promise of God's Word. But in addition, I can see it at work in your life because out of all the people in this metropolitan D.C. area, you made a decision this morning to set an alarm clock or to get up and say, I'm going to the house of God today. Why did you get up and come to God's house? You got up and came to the house of God because there was something in you that said, I want to go worship. I want to go learn. There are a lot of people that are still sleeping this morning. A lot of people still doing lots of other things, but you made the choice today to be in the house of God. You know what that tells me about you? There's faith in you. You are a person of faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell them he's talking to you right now. You're a person of faith, okay? So never, don't ever say, I don't have any faith. You've already proven this morning that faith resides inside of you. There's a seed of faith in every person here today. And so you can lay claim to the promise that nothing is impossible with God. And if it's not impossible with God, it will not be impossible for me. Don't ever say, this is too hard or this is impossible. Why? Because you have a God that nothing is too hard for and a God that nothing is impossible with. So we have to remove those things from our vocabulary. Matthew 19, 26. Now I just went from teaching to preaching a moment ago. But we're going to get back to teaching right now, okay? Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Philippians 4, 13. Read this together with me affirmatively and enthusiastically. All of our campuses, here we go. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. How many times do you say, I can't? I want you to start finding yourself every time you say, I can't. What I mean by that is, maybe you're going to say, every time I say, I can't, I'm going to put a dollar in a jar somewhere and give it away, okay? Because you need to get those words out of your vocabulary. You, it's not the words for your life will not be I can't, but with God I can. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The third thing that you need to know that will help you to remember and understand the almighty nature of God is to know that God has given us promises that we should regularly recall. God has given promises to you. Now promise is meant to be something you hold on to and utilize, not just a, 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 a fairy tale kind of word, but a word you hold on to. For example, let's say that you had a very, very important appointment tomorrow, and you couldn't miss this appointment. Your future depended upon making this appointment tomorrow, but you didn't have any transportation at all, and you shared with me that you needed to get to that appointment, and you didn't have any transportation, and I said to you, I promise you, I will pick you up at 9 o'clock in the morning, whatever your appointment time would be, and I will get you to your appointment on time. Okay, let's say that I gave you that promise. What would that promise do for you? That promise would alleviate worry and anxiety, would it not? You don't have to worry anymore about whether you're going to make your appointment. 
because someone that you trusted said to you, I will pick you up, I will be there. Now, what are you doing uh, with that promise that gets rid of your anxiety and worry? You're claiming it. You may not use those words, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're holding on to a promise. And so if someone comes and says to you, are you going to make your appointment tomorrow? What will your answer be? How can you say yes? You're not there yet. You can say yes on the basis of a promise, okay? That's what a promise is. A promise is what you stand on that alleviates worry and fear and agitation from your life. The power of a promise. Now, in the Bible... And the 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, there are, and there are different counts of this, but this is what I tend to believe based upon the studies that I've done, is that there are about 7,000 promises in the Bible. Isn't that incredible? 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. And for the next few moments, we're going to study all of them. No, no, we're not going to do that here. But those promises are given to us by God to do what for us? To alleviate what? Worry and fear and anxiety so that we come across a promise. I was just reading in the book of Psalms this morning, and I ran across a promise. I said, I'll take that. It helped me today because it was a promise from God. He gave it to you and he gave it to me. So with God, we have to understand their, their, their promises given. Now notice Romans chapter 8, 30, excuse me, 38 and 39. Paul, living on the promise of God, said this. I am convinced. Why was he convinced? Because he had promise in his life, the promises of God. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to see, there's a lot of things we could talk about here, but I want you to see in verse 38 that Paul said, I am convinced that not, not even the future can separate me from the love of God. So he's not just talking in the present, he was looking into his future. Then also you need to be sure and understand that you've been promised by God that you'll never face a test that you cannot handle. You will never face a test in your, in your future that you can't handle. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, I want you to have your pen ready because I want you to circle a word or words as we go through this. I'm going to highlight these words and talk about them in a moment, but let me take you through this first. No temptation, circle that word temptation, if you will. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted. Circle that again, if you will. Beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, circle that one again. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, that word, the word that we circled uh, three times there, temptation, tempted, tempted. When you hear the word temptation or tempted, what do you think of? Normally, we think of being enticed to sin, right? And that's exactly what the word means. It relates to being enticed to do something wrong. It's certainly a part of that. But actually, if you go back and study that word temptation, the actual meaning of the word really is about testing. It's the idea of being tested. Now, obviously, when sin comes walking by, it's a test, isn't it? It's a moral test, right? 
okay? It's a spiritual test. So temptation is a test, but temptation is not the only kind of test that you're going to face in life. There are all kinds of tests that you and I are going to face. And the Bible says that there's no, let me read it now to you this way, no test has over, overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear, but when you are tested, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Here's confidence for your future to know this, that whatever test will come your way, God says there will always be a way out. You will never face a test in your future that you cannot handle. Isn't that great to know today? So God is the transcendent God. He knows what we don't know because He is not only in our present, He's already been in our future. God is the almighty God. There's nothing too hard for Him and nothing impossible with Him. And that means that our confidence is in a God that we can now declare, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the last point I'd like to share with you today is that recalling God's faithfulness in the past gives me courage and confidence to face the future. Recalling God's faithfulness in the past gives me courage and confidence to face the future. I'll give you a moment to write that down because uh, kind of the, the words take a moment to get on your notes there. But then after you've done that, if you'll look this way, I'm, I'm going to get a little philosophical with you for a moment. You ready for some philosophical statements? Yesterday's tomorrow is today. Right? Got that? Or we might say it this way, today is yesterday's tomorrow. Yesterday, today was tomorrow, right? Very important. Why is this important? Because the fact is, you've already lived in your future. Because actually, today, you're living in the future that was yesterday, right? And now that you've already, every day that you live, you're stepping into, although it's today, yesterday it was tomorrow. Right? Some of you are like. You'll get this later this afternoon, I promise. It's like, oh yeah, I got it. But why is this important? Because I want you to see that the future is not so mysterious after all. You've already lived some of your future. Right? And you're still living. God has already proven that He can be faithful in your future, hasn't He? Because yesterday, today was tomorrow. And God has proven Himself faithful. And so when you're looking toward your future, you need to remember what God has done in your past because your past used to be your future. Let's go to some scriptures that describe this. Very, very important stuff for us. Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45. Some of you are still scratching your head. That's okay. okay. You'll figure it out. You're bright. You're smart. Joshua 21, 43 through 45. Let me give you this picture here before we read this. There was a time in Israel's history when God was pointing them toward their future, which was the promised land, right? Everybody with me on that? Yes. Amen? Okay. I'm going to take you to the promised land. When God brought them out of Egypt, what was the plan? To take them to the, that was the future, right? Okay. Now, of course, it took them 40 years to get there. So it was a length of time before they arrived. But eventually, their, their tomorrow was realized and became today. 
Now let's go to Joshua 20, 21, verses 43 through 45. And now they're living in the today that used to be their tomorrow. I know some of you are going to have to get the CD on this one for sure. Okay. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. Everybody say, yesterday became their tomorrow, okay? Right? Did I say it the right way? Now I'm confused, okay? I'll get it right at the 11 o'clock service. Just stay around, I promise you, okay? They're living in what used to be their future. They're there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. What I want you to see is this. Even though you're living in today... God's taking you to your tomorrow. What I want you to grab hold of is that the faithfulness of God to you today and yesterday should give you assurance that not one word of God will ever fail for you in your tomorrows. Okay? It's not going to fail. And what I want you to grab hold of today in your heart, in your spirit, is that your future is bright because your future is with God What I want you to grab hold of today is that you don't need to dread your future. You don't need to worry about your future. See, often what we do with the future is we write all these negative scripts. We write all this catastrophic stuff into our future, how bad our future is going to be, how disappointed we're going to be, how things aren't going to happen. I'm here to tell you today that some good things are waiting for you in your future. There's some promised lands awaiting for you in your future, and the faithfulness of God in the past is just preparation for what God has for your days to come. And I want you to know today that your best is not today and your best is not yesterday. Your best is still in front of you. Walk ahead with confidence and courage into your future. There's a promised land for you. And don't let the devil sell you this negative script about your future. The worst that can happen is actually the best that can happen. You can die and go to heaven. Right? That gets rid of all your troubles, okay? Are you with me? So I can confidently stand here today and tell you as a believer in Jesus Christ, whatever comes your way, your best is in front of you. It is not behind you. There is a promised land in front of you. So stop writing the negative scripts about your life. Your life is not cursed. Your life is blessed. You're going forward, you're not going backward. Good things lay ahead for you, not bad things. Amen? The devil loves to sell you this idea of all these negative mindsets of what your future looks like. I want you to stand up with courage and confidence and just rebuke that curse in Jesus' name. You're not cursed, you're blessed. Your best is ahead of you, not behind you. Let's look at this other passage here. Psalm 37, 25. Why don't you read this with me? It might help me to calm down a little bit, okay? (laughs) Psalm 37, 25. Here we go. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Isn't that beautiful? As you look into your future, you think not only about yourself, but you think about your children. You think about your children's children and your children's children's children. It's called legacy. It's what we call it. 
And by the way, if you're just living for yourself, you need to grow up, okay? You need to stop living just for you. You need to think about your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. You need to live with a legacy mindset. Because what you're doing now is paving a good or bad pathway for those coming behind you. And the Bible says if you'll live a righteous life, the scripture says, I was young and now I am old. Yet David says, I have never seen the, circle the word, righteous. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the next generation out into the future begging bread. Psalm 77, verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Psalm 78, 9 through 11, the men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. This is a very important passage I want to talk just briefly about for a moment. We could actually do a whole message on it, but I don't have the time, obviously, to do that. The scripture says there was the men of Ephraim, a group of men in Israel. And they were armed with bows at a time of battle. But when the battle came their way, the scripture says, what did they do? They turned they didn't fight the battle that they needed to fight. And the reason they didn't step up on the day when they were being tested, the scripture gives us two basic reasons. First of all, because they didn't keep God's covenant and, and didn't keep his law, so they were disobedient to God. But the second reason is because they forgot what he'd done. Are you with me here? You know what will drain your strength when you're in a battle today and into your future? If you get there and you forget what God did back there, you'll lose courage and confidence for today. So the men of Ephraim committed a real, made a big mistake because they didn't stay up with God living for him and they failed to remember all that God had done in their life. Dear ones, I want to tell you today, you may not think about it in your own life very often. I hope you'll start thinking about it more regularly is to remember God has done some incredible things in your life. There's some of you who wouldn't be alive today had it not been for God, okay? There are things that God has done for you that oftentimes maybe you've ascribed to yourself or coincidental or or just uh, uh, events that have happened in your circumstances. No, God has been at work in your life. You need to pause and look back and say, look at the God that was with me in my yesterdays. In my yesterdays, in my yesterdays there was a tomorrow and I walk consistently from my yesterdays into today and tomorrow. My past has now has often un unveiled into my present and future, and God has been faithful for me and to me in my life. He will be faithful from this day forward as well. Last verse of Scripture, Psalm 105, verse 5. Why don't you read this with me? Remember the wonders He has done, His miracles, and the judgments He has pronounced. Actually, there are two more verses here. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And then 2 Timothy 2 verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. When you get in a tough spot or when you think about your future, wherever you walk, there's a resurrected Savior that walks with you. Never forget what God has done. What have we talked about today? How do you have less fear of the future? You know that what's unknown to me is known to God. And to be very, very confident in the fact that what may be impossible for me, hard for me or impossible for me is never hard or impossible for God. It's easy for God and possible with God. 
And what will help me in my journey is to recall all the wonderful things in the past that God has done that gives me courage and confidence to face my future today. So put a really big comma right there. And don't miss next week. It's going to wrap up the series and wrap up this message talking about having less fear of your future. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We're so grateful for speaking to us. We pray you'll take this message and let it be more than just something we heard today. Let it be real in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to begin to live in the reality that you have already gone into our future. Help us to stop writing the negative scripts of our life and to trust you for the future you plan for us and to synchronize ourselves with it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.